you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. I still had worldly thoughts. I still acted like the world. But the Lord wanted freedom in my life. He didn't want the residue of sin still on me. And I see within a lot of people uh, an addiction to anger or pornography or anxiety or worry or stress or covetousness or greed. And, and the Lord, Jesus died so that you'd have freedom. Amen? And so we're going to fight for that. Now, this sermon today is, is a... Is a like part two of last week. We're talking today about finding purpose in your life. And as the Holy Spirit's moving, I feel like we need to address it like right now. This sermon kind of comes in two ways. For some, the idea of discovering your purpose is so trivial. But I'm holding hands with people in my life that don't know the assignment on their life. And that bothers me because in, if these are the last days, then we must be busy building the kingdom of God. Not busy, but busy building the kingdom of God. I pray you discover your purpose. It's the age-old question. I remember when I was 15 and I started asking that question, what, 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 what am I here on this earth for? Remember when I got saved and I really began to wonder, God, what, what do you want from me? What, what is the purpose of my life? Pablo Picasso said this, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. We that have come to know the Lord, know that God so loved the world that he gave. In Christianity, if you're not giving, if you're not serving, you're not, you're not active in the body of Christ. We all must be people of authority under authority. And that means that the Lord begins to direct your life and tells you where you're going next. So it's important that we're discovering the God-given assignment on our life. Jesus said, my sheep will know me. They'll know my voice. And I pray you know the voice of the Lord, you know the direction, and you know who you are. Today, I beg you all, when you have lunch with your friends or your family or whoever it is that you like, begin to talk about the gifts that you see in the other person. Talk about the things that, that you can see the God-given call of God on each other. Begin to call out what you know they do well for Jesus. Because I have found in myself that oftentimes I am blinded by what I can do great for the kingdom of God. And it's not just me. It's going to be the majority of men of Christ in, in Scripture. And I'll show you the brokenness that can eat away at the call of God in you. So we prophesy over each other, reminding each other who we know we are, and telling each other to get in the game. 
Now watch this. Jesus had a conversation with the disciples. I'm going to read this next week. I've been reading in the book of Matthew, and, uh, and, and God's been speaking to me in the book of Matthew. So I have multiple scriptures from Matthew today, but I have this verse I wanted to read to you today. Jesus addressed his disciples, and he said this. He said in, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray that the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers in the field. If these are the last days, then we all must get to work. Now, one of the things that I have seen eat at people, it's eaten at me before. I, was, I can remember a season in my life where I, I lost the job I had. And a man who doesn't have a job has got some cancer going on inside of him. When, when, from the beginning in the book of Genesis chapter 3, Adam, the Lord told Adam that he was going to work the land. We all have a job to do. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a job to do. You're going to work. Now, when he looked at him and said, like, you're going to work the land, I want you to know that our assignment is that the Lord recognizes that out there is a people that are in need of Jesus. And they would love to come to the Lord if we would just go to him. If we would go to them and love them. There is work that must be done. When I see in the church people that come as if you're here just to hear. Man, does the church get gross. I've seen churches as they age and they get older and older and people just come to hear and then they go home. We are not hearers, but we are doers of the word of God. Because he has transformed our life, how can we not want to do something glorious for him? He said the harvest out there is great. That means the Father has moved and he wants us to go and get to work. And when people don't work for a long time, they forget who they are. Uh, one of the visions of the church, it was, I think it was Ephesians chapter 4, uh, Apostle Paul said that it, he, he's going to give apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, and their job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so I want to make sure that we all get to work. Discovering who you are in Christ and fulfilling the assignment on your life today. Man, I'm, I, got, I got the preach in me now. I'm ready to go. Okay, here we go. Um, the first thing I think you need to know today is that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So some of you have not discovered your God-given plan. or plan. I remember when I was young and I, that, that thought used to quite plague me. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What am I going to go? Where am I going to go? If you're 18, that's the question of your life. You know what stinks is somehow, somewhere along the line, I have seen that people in the body of Christ that are 25, 38, and 110 lose this desire to figure out what God has for their life. Somewhere along the line where they compromise and believe that life is now what it is. And then we just coast. We don't desire to go and be laborers in the harvest field. We don't desire to do great things for Jesus. Life now is what it is. This is what God's working with. I just go to work on Monday and then I come home. My money's already spent and the enemy's got you trained. 
to stop dreaming, to stop believing that your life can do impossible things. The first thing I think you need to know is that, you, that God is a God has a, has a plan and a purpose for your life. Everyone believe that? How do you discover that? Well, in the book of Exodus, um, I, I think of all the people in Scripture that, that discovered their God-given calling on their life, like Stephen and Peter and Paul and Matthew and Solomon and like, like they, they, there's something God's calling you all to will be greater than you. It'll be bigger than you. It'll feel like there's no way that I can do that. If you get a sense that God is calling you to something that you feel like you can just do, you're dreaming too small. He's only going to call you to the impossible. Exodus chapter 3 Moses discovers his calling. But his calling wasn't first to go and do anything. The call of God on your life, if you want to know today, how do you find your destiny? How do you find your giftings? How do you find your purpose? The first thing you have to do is pursue the Lord. So Moses was walking in, a bu- in, in, in the wilderness and he saw a bush and he sought out to go and seek it. He went to seek the Lord and there he had an encounter. Church, you need an encounter with God. You need an encounter with God. If God is alive, we must experience him. If you're in a marriage today, you must experience your spouse. If, if you need people in your life. You need real interaction with real people. And if God is real, you should encounter him. And it should be powerful. It'll look different for you than it did for me. But dear Lord, it should be awesome. For the sake of time, I'm not going to get in the story. But Moses was like, oh man. And the very next thing that happened is Moses began to tell the Lord what he could not do. Lord, there's got to be someone else you can send other than me. There's no way I can go to Pharaoh and say all of these things to him. I have a speech impediment. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I need you to know that the way that the world works in our life is it will create a residue to tell you what you can't do anymore. It'll show you your limitations. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but he wants you to seek him to find it. Seek him, experience him, encounter him, go after him. When was the last time you encountered God? If you want what the king of glory has for your life, you're going to have to abandon your life to get there. Now, I've, I'm, I, I, I've never been as excited as I am right now about our church. I believe 100% that God's about to bust the seams off this thing. But it's only going to happen when we as people begin to really get radical about what we want and our expectations in him. You are designed to find your destiny in Christ. I remember the first time someone laid hands on me. And I ran to an altar because I wanted God to move in my life. Church, we're going to close this service today with an altar call. Because we want the altars to be opened. We want people to experience the glory of Jesus. And if you're hungry for God, you don't even have to wait to the end of the service. You can just come down now. But Moses began to tell the Lord about all of the things that he couldn't do. And that's what the enemy would love, to tell you what you can't do. I know what I can't do. 
You know, I graduated high school um, with a seventh grade reading level. And yet I have to stand up here every week and read the Bible to y'all. <laughs> it's kind of funny. My life is a miracle. I was, I was voted in seventh grade in my class. I have the yearbook to prove it. Least likely to succeed. I've been to 47 states and 15 countries. I've preached the gospel, seen miracles, signs and wonders. Don't let anyone tell you what you can't do, especially the enemy. You go after the Lord, you get a promise from God, and you abandon everything else but that. Man, the Holy Ghost is here right now. I'm supposed to read all these scriptures to you. Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 is Moses' encounter with God. The rest of, of that there, chapter, through chapter 4 through all the way through 13, is Moses' excuses of why he can't. But I need you to know this, and then I'll take a break here. The Lord didn't have an accident when he made you. You were made perfect. And I get so angry at people that go to our church. I, wanna, I get mad at you. When you tell me why you're afraid to be in a connect group, or, or because you're afraid of people, or you're afraid of real connections, I want you to know that you are his masterpiece. You were created in Christ Jesus anew to do the good things that he promised long ago. Ephesians chapter 4. Pat, can we put that on the screen real quick? I need you guys to read this with me because you got to get this in your heart. You are his masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Would you read this with me? For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Read it again. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. You were designed to do good things. You were designed to do things bigger than you. I love that the, the guy that was in the Super Bowl, Brock, um, what's his name? Brock, Brock Purdy. He, he, was, uh, he was picked last in the draft. Last in the draft. And, and he said, he had this quote, I, I heard it last week, he said, that I, I didn't know what I was meant to do until I realized the people I was meant to do it with. I was like, oh, that's good. You're called to do bigger things than you, and you're going to have to get around some people to do it. You were designed by the Lord. Look at your thumb. You're the only one in the world with that thumb print. Billions of people. He designed you. You're weird. I'm weird. But as long as you're talking about the things that you can't do like Moses, like Jeremiah, let me read you this verse. Before, I, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. But Jeremiah says, oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord says, don't you say that you're too young. For you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you, and I will protect you. For I, the Lord, have spoken. I want you to hear today, like, you were designed. You were created to be you. There are people here that are thinking, if only I was smarter, then I would go. Or if I knew enough scripture, I would, I would teach. 
or if I was righteous enough, then I would go. But I'm still struggling with sin. Sanctification is the process of getting over your sin. Like, you're never going to be good enough to preach the gospel. We'll never be Jesus. We have to get out of the enemy's going to shame you into shutting up. You're too bald, you're too tall, you're too you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too dumb, you're too you're too smart, you're too rich, you're too poor. You're too yada 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 yada. It happened to Moses, it happened to Peter, it happened to everyone where the enemy's going to come in and tell you what you can't do. And you're going to have to decide whether you want what God wants for you or if you're okay with the everyday mundane life. And I've been there, man. There's so many people right now that you are so bored in your life. There's nothing boring about doing the impossible. I wake up every day of my life right now crying that God moves in my life. Because I am walking on water right now. I don't know if you know, but like I am sinking and standing and sinking and standing every second of my life. I need the Lord to move in my life. Some of us are just living such a calculated, safe life. Ain't nothing. No, people, the world don't want that. Bet the farm. Let's go for broke. Let's go. I'm all in. Like Jesus, like, what else have I got? All right. All right, I'm going to do the announcements right now. Would y'all get out your cell phones real quick? Because uh, we need to do attendance, and I need to tell you three things, and we'll move on. And then uh, I think we're just going to start worship back up, and I'll close the service. All right? There's three things I need, I need you to know. I need you to text this number, 777-3520. Some of you are like, I don't text the church. And then we'll never know you're here. And more importantly, if you wander away, we'll never know you were gone. So text the church. So the enemy doesn't attack you. Uh, you'll text heart three. It's the heart of our church. Third sermon. Discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. Discover your purpose. All right, three announcements real quick. One, small group start tomorrow. Everyone say small group start tomorrow. Um, we believe this wholeheartedly, that while we, we gather in rows, we only grow in circles. This sermon may be cool because God will say something too cool to you, but you won't grow because of this sermon, but you will grow because you are in community. The gospel wasn't designed to be told to people. It was, it was designed to be shared. If you don't have a small group, I'm sorry, you're not going to grow in our church. It's not because I think small groups are like cool or whatever like that, but like connect groups, like you must be connected to the body of Christ. Find a group. There's a lot of them. There's marriage groups. There's men's groups. Men's groups are the best. Marriage groups are pretty good. There's uh, women's groups, and um, there's freedom groups, and prayer groups, and, um, and fun groups, and there's a race group, like going to races. I don't know what that's all about. It's all different kinds of groups. Go to a group. Make a friend. Next thing, uh, water baptism is next week. Sign up on the app. There's a missions trip for Uganda. Y'all need to go and experience life overseas. Life is bigger than Lakeland. Y'all need to know that. It's pretty awesome. And then uh, we have prayer every Saturday. And then here's the last thing. We have town hall today. We're going to try to start it at 1245. So Pastor Tim has to move on with this message because um, some of the people from first service are coming back. What is town hall? Town hall is us explaining to you what the vision of our church is, how we did last year. We want to be accountable for everything that we're doing. We want to explain to you where all the finances are going in our church. 
and, um, and how we're literally standing in a miracle. Um, and so we're going to explain all the miracles that have happened this year at Town Hall at 1245 today. And we have lunch for you, so you can come stay. And then that's it. Anyone have any questions? Cool. Sermon. Can you go ahead and play? I love you guys. Um, one, God has a plan for you. Two, he wants you to seek him to find it. Three, you were created perfectly and unique. I was reading this week in Matthew chapter 25 um, about the, the story that Jesus always tells about the parables. And I stumbled across one word that stood out to me. And I've read this stinking story so many times. You may have heard it before. Jesus tells a story about, about a, a, a king who had to go on vacation. And so he came to three of his servants and said, hey, I'm going to give you a bag of money, you a bag of money, you a bag of money. I want you to make it increase. Now, this isn't about money. <laughs> But we're going to take an offering right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, um, and so um, this is about your giftings in your life. And the heart of God is explaining that there are people that are dying and going to hell, and the church must get busy doing the things that they've called them to do. And in this story, there was a dude that he gave a lot of gifts to, and he doubled it. And the day of Christ, when Christ returned, man, the Lord celebrated the snot out of him. And then he gave another guy three bags, and when Christ returned, he doubled it, and the Lord celebrated him. And there was another guy he gave one bag to, and the Bible says that he hid it because he was afraid that he would lose it. And he says in verse 26 that he was afraid. I want to talk about that for just one second. There are some people that don't know God's plan for their life, and you're going to have to ex go hard after the Lord to discover it. And there are some people here that you talk about the Lord with the glory days behind you. And to that, I get nervous. Because there are still giftings inside of you that was designed not for you, but for us. If the purpose of our life is to discover our gift and to give it away, you can't bury it. It's our job to raise up workers, to, to, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And some of you are just attending. There are things in you that I could never do. But the majority of the things that God's going to call you to isn't even at church. But our lives are so safe, we're not doing anything new, we're not believing God for the impossible, we're not pressing the bar, we're not trying to do greater things, or greater things, or greater things, or greater things, and I'm, like, I think we're just burying and being as safe as we can with the gospel. That's terrifying. I want you to just look for a second at our Savior. He wasn't safe with the way he lived his life. He was murdered and crucified on a cross. And he gambled on the power of God and the resurrection of Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I want to I wanna go all, all for broke, man. When we talk about people that live for Jesus, Stephen, 
God, if you can, I'll just, I'll just serve in the church. I'll just serve. Let me just help. He was the first martyr. He was martyred because he preached the gospel. He wasn't supposed to preach. He was supposed to just serve. But how you begin to unlock the call of God on your life is you start learning how to say yes. But what happened is some of us are afraid because we got hurt earlier. You were in church and people were mean to you. People are going to be mean to you here. Brian Wilson is the meanest person I ever met in my whole life. And he just won't let me go without hugging him. It's crazy. He's the guy that hugged you in the lobby earlier today. He's so mean. I don't know what you're afraid of. There are people that are living in seasons ago, not using these giftings. I had a friend. I'm going to tell you this story real quick, and I'm going to try to land this plane. Can you just start singing behind me? It'll be good. It'll be really good. Just, just start singing. Or I'll sing. You preach. You sing. I had this friend. He was in ministry, and um, he fell in sin and um, lost his job and all these things. He started going to this other church. And um, like a year, they were helping him. You know, and two years went by and they were helping him, and three years went by and they were helping him. And he, I was like, man, why, why aren't you doing ministry anymore? I'm healing. Four years went by. He's still healing. Five years went by. He's still healing. And I just want you to know, it comes a point where you're missing it. You're still healing for something that happened years ago. Healing don't work like that. When I, you, you, if you rupture your Achilles, eventually you have surgery, you fix it, and then you have to exercise that thing. The gospel wasn't designed to just like come in and listen to Pastor Tibbs' sermon. I'm not that good of a preacher. This is meant to be done. There's work to do. There are people dying and going to hell. We must start getting aggressive with our faith, with the giftings, with the things that God is. If you're a servant, serve. If you have hospitality, be hospitable. If you bake cookies, daggone it, bake cookies for Jesus. Bake them for me, if no one else. Like, we have to start making it all about Him. When Peter found the call of God on his life, Jesus said, like, if you want to follow me, I'll make you a fishers of men. He abandoned everything and went after the call of God. When Moses answered the call of God, he abandoned everything and went after the call of God. Like, if you want the Lord, you can't do this casually. And so what I see is a whole bunch of people that have a whole bunch of things in their life. And they're trying to follow the Lord, and we're like, hey, God, all right, let's go. Anywhere you want to go, I, I'm good. And Jesus looked at the rich man and said, go home, sell everything, then come follow me. I want to read you this verse I found in the book of Matthew this week. I've read this verse to y'all so many times, I never even knew what it meant. Found out this week. Look at this. It, it says this. This is my last verse. I think it's Matthew chapter 8. He said, if you, um, whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You want to know what the call of God is on your life? Surrender everything. Your bank account, your job, your social status, 
Surrender your hobbies and your hobbies and your habits and, and all the other things. Let go of everything. Like seek the Lord. Go after him. Get obsessed with wanting to hear his voice and know him. If you want what God wants for you, then let's begin to put other things behind us and press on. Run the race that is before us. Does this make sense? If you lose your life, now you're going to find it. Some of you, you don't know what the call of God is on your life. That's great. Go after an encounter with God. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room right now. You said, God, that your sheep know you and they know your voice. You created all of us in Christ to do great things. Lord, I repent right now of lukewarm living. I repent, God, of making life about me and all of the stuff that I want to do. I want to do what you designed me to do. I want my calling. God, I want to reach the lost. God, I want to teach the saints. God, I want to do the things. I want to prophesy. I want to lay hands on the sick. God, I want you to use me to bring healing to a broken and dying world. God, I'm asking that you would forgive me for complacent living. I want your purpose for my life. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.